Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, I'm excited for today uh, because today we're going to be wrapping up our summer series on the book of James. And today, as you can tell, we've got a, uh, we've got a message specifically designed for 12 Stone Homes. So there's even gonna be a part of the teaching where we're gonna ask you to uh, press pause on the teaching and actually talk about it with each other to hopefully drive the teaching further into your home and ultimately further in uh, to our lives. Uh, because what we're talking about today is huge. It's so, uh, so important. It's big for our church. Maybe it's big for you as well. Um, the theme of today is prayer. We're talking about prayer. I mean, we are a church rooted in prayer. Prayer is important for me. Maybe it's important for you as well. But come on, you know this. Just because just because something is important doesn't mean it's easily understood, right? I mean, this is especially true for prayer because prayer is uh, it's practical, uh, but it's also mystical, right? Prayer is simple and yet really complex. And so normally when a guy like me starts giving a message about prayer, normally we answer the question, how do I pray? But today, the question that we're going to answer, it, the question that James asks is, how does prayer work? How does prayer actually work? Like maybe for you, you're, you're new to faith and so you're kind of new to prayer and you're like, I, I don't even know if I'm doing it right. Well, today's going to be helpful for you. Maybe for you, you've been praying for a long time, but then you heard her pray and you're like, well, I don't pray like she prays. Is, is she doing something wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Or maybe, maybe you've never prayed before. And maybe the reason is you have a more basic question. The question is, does prayer even work? Or maybe you actually gave up on prayer because you're like, listen, that might work for you, but it doesn't work for me. I mean, when it comes to prayer, I feel like I've done everything I'm supposed to, but it's not working like it's supposed to. It reminds me of something I bought online a few years ago. Um, if you don't know this about me, I, uh, I love coffee. Uh, I call it liquid Holy Spirit because it energizes us for the day and it comforts us in our troubles, you know? Like, it's so good. I, I, I love coffee. So because I'm so obsessed with coffee, we got a million different ways of making coffee at home. I've got a, I've got a French press. I've got an Aero press. I've got a pour-over, a Chemex cold brew. I have my own little, you know, grinder. I've got the water kettle, the scale. I mean, you name it, I've got it because I love coffee. And so a few years ago, um, I found out about, uh, about this guy. This is the Bialetti Mocha Express, okay? Now, this was made in Italy, all right? Uh, Italians actually swear by it, like for many of them, this is the only way that they make coffee. Uh, it's got 20,000 five-star reviews on Amazon, and best of all, it's only 50 bucks. And so some of you right now are like, well, I'm gonna pause the teaching now and go buy it. That's exactly what I did. Like, as soon as I found out about that, I was like, for $50, I can have Italian espresso like an Italian? Are you kidding me? Yes, please. So I bought it. Two days later, it shows up at my door like Christmas Day. I open it up, I clean it out, I get the coffee all ready, I add the water, I make the coffee, and then I try it, and it tastes like garbage. Like, it was so bad. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was so bad. Like, like McDonald's employees would have been like, 
no, we can't serve this, okay? Like, it was, it was horrible. And I'm so frustrated, because I'm looking at it, I'm like, this, everyone swears by this. It's got 20,000 five-star reviews, but, but like, I feel like I've done everything I'm supposed to, but it's not working like it's supposed to. And maybe when it comes to prayer, that's how you feel. It's like, like everyone swears by this. There's 20,000 five-star reviews on prayer. I feel like I've done everything I'm supposed to, but when it comes to prayer, it's not working like it's supposed to. It may work for you, but why doesn't it work for me? Like if prayer works, then, then, then why didn't I get the job? I mean, if prayer works, then, then why did she get pregnant? Why didn't I get pregnant? I mean, if prayer works, then why am I still sick? And listen, I, I, I mean, I'm a pastor, okay? I've been around prayer for decades. I've read books on prayer. I've studied prayer. I basically, like, get paid to pray. But, but even for me sometimes, like, I wonder, am I, am I doing this right? Because, God, it feels like, it feels like, you're not listening, or if you're listening, then why isn't it working the way it's supposed to? And so if you've ever felt this way, then I think today is going to be so helpful as we look at how James answers the question, how does prayer even work? And so right there in James chapter 5, here's how he starts off the conversation on prayer. He says this, he says, is any among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. In other words, as James begins the conversation on prayer, he, uh, he starts off by giving a few scenarios. He's like, hey, are you in trouble? Like, are you overwhelmed? You know what you should do? You should pray. And then he takes the other side. He's like, hey, are you happy? You know, like, like genuinely happy? Like parents, have you ever had that moment, those fleeting few seconds where your kids are like actually getting along? You know, your spouse walks in and you're like, shh, 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 don't move. They're actually talking to each other. You know what I mean? It's like when you feel that way or, you, you know, maybe it's like you're on vacation and you go to the restaurant and there's, and there's no wait, you know? It's like you are genuinely happy. It's the feeling you get right after you like mow the grass and you look at the lawn and you're like, finally. Right? James says, whenever you feel that way, you know what you should do? You should pray. You should, you should sing songs of praise. And then James gets real practical. He goes, hey, is any among you sick? And by the way, the word sick that he uses is, uh, is actually the Greek word for weary. This is James' catch-all. In other words, hey, if you're physically sick, if you're emotionally sick, if you're spiritually sick, if you feel anxious or depressed or overwhelmed, you know what you should do? And you're probably like, let me guess, I should pray. And he's like, yes, you should pray. And a lot of times we read verses like that and we're like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Like, I should pray more. But listen, James isn't just saying you should pray more. He's saying you should pray first. Because come on, let's be honest. Prayer isn't normally the first place that we go, right? Like when, when the bills come due or the 401k is down, normally we, you know, we rush to the credit card or we rush to our financial advisor. Now, it's like when, when you're sick, normally we rush to WebMD, which is like, by the way, a, just a terrible idea. Don't ever look up anything on WebMD. It's only the worst possible scenario, okay? But we rush to WebMD or maybe we rush to the doctor. 
You know, or when you feel behind at work or you feel overwhelmed at home, what do we do? We rush to our phones. We rush to, to vacation to get away from it all. And I love what Jenny Catrone says. She says this. She says, before we rush to action, we must rush to prayer. In other words, this is the, this is the first place we should go. Not, not money, not YouTube, not, not friends, not our phone, not even family. Because, because if prayer is just like one of the options that we have, if, if prayer is just an add-on, it often gets left off, which is why James says prayer, prayer is a first response, not a last resort. Like prayer for us should be a first response, not a last resort. And I think James says this in the next couple of verses. It's almost like James is saying, listen, if you saw what I saw, like if you've experienced what I've experienced, then you would pray first too. And then James says, here's what I've seen prayer actually do. The next couple of verses, James says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Do you see the hope in these verses? It says, the sick person made well, raised them up. They'll be forgiven. They will be healed. There's so much hope. And James is saying, I'm telling you, if you saw this happen, if you experienced what I experienced, you would pray first. And then he wraps up this idea in, in, in this beautiful sentence. He says this. He says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. James is saying it actually works. It's powerful. It's effective. And I've seen it firsthand. Like I've seen it with, with my friend Marsha. Four years ago, Marsha began to pray that her and her estranged sister would have their relationship with each other healed. And by the way, when I say estranged, I mean they didn't like talk, they didn't text, there weren't any social media messages back and forth. It was like nothing. It was radio silence. And so Marcia said, well, might as well pray. And so she began to pray for God to do the impossible. And then two years into praying for this, we had our 21 days of prayer here at 12 Stone. And Marcia came to almost every day, continuing to pray that God would restore that relationship with her sister. And in the middle of 21 days of prayer, out of the blue, her sister texted her. And she saw it and she was overwhelmed. This is the first communication she's had with her in years. So she continued to pray. Fast forward to about a year ago, and then her sister and Marsha were actually talking on the phone. And then three months ago, Marsha's sister flew from thousands of miles away to see Marsha in person, and she actually washed her feet. Marsha would tell you, it works. Prayer is powerful and effective. Prayer did what nothing else could do. Or like um, my friends Austin and Brittany, they, they reached out to God when they hit rock bottom. Um, Brittany was an alcoholic. Austin struggled to make ends meet, never could find a steady job. And then when they hit rock bottom, they looked up and they, and they prayed. And then out of the blue, our church threw a neighborhood party in their neighborhood. In fact, two 12-stoners that live right next door to them literally knocked on their door and said, hey, we're throwing a party. Do you want to come? Well, Austin and Brittany 
came and they got around other 12 stoners and, and, and they continued to be around other believers and God began to change their life even though they were at rock bottom. In fact, as of today, uh, Brittany is 11 months and seven days sober. And Austin just landed a new job and they both just moved into their very first home. See, Austin and Brittany would tell you it works. Prayer is powerful and effective. Listen, the reason that we pray first is because we believe God actually moves powerfully through prayer. So for us, prayer is not casual because the outcomes are not casual. We believe it's powerful and effective. And so here's what I want to do. Before we continue in the conversation, I want to encourage you right now to press pause and to talk about this conversation uh, in your 12-stone home gathering. Uh, I'd love for you to answer this question. Maybe one or two of you around, uh, around the circle answer, how have you seen God show up in prayer? Maybe something you saw personally God do in the way that he answered a prayer. And listen, if you're by yourself, what I'd love for you to do is actually get something to write with and, and, and write down what you saw God do. Talk about it for a little bit, and then we'll come right back. Hey, so maybe right now in your uh, home gathering, you got to hear some stories about how God has answered prayers. Maybe, maybe some of you even shared about what God has done in the way that he answered your prayer. Or maybe you're by yourself and, and you got a sheet of paper and you wrote out and you started to remember times that God has answered prayers for you. Or maybe, maybe some of you have a blank sheet of paper. Or maybe you're at your home gathering and, and you, you don't have a story to share. And maybe you're thinking, if, if, if prayer is so powerful, then why isn't it powerful for me? And what I love about James is he goes after the heart of this question. Because he doesn't just talk about what prayer can do. If you look at the scripture, you actually see him talk about how prayer works. Because see, James understood something that I think a lot of us just gloss over. He understood that if you don't know how prayer works, you miss out on what prayer does. See, for James, he's almost saying the how of prayer is as important as the what of prayer. Here's what I mean. Um, you remember that coffee maker? The, the Bialetti Mocha Express. Yeah. After, um, after making terrible coffee, I cleaned it out and I put it back on the shelf and I let it collect dust for a few years. Until... Uh, until a buddy of mine invited me over to his house. And uh, while we were there, he offered to make coffee. And when he did, he pulled out this exact coffee maker. <laughs> and what I wanted to say to him was, get that trash out of here. You know, I don't want to have any of that. But I wanted to be kind and not be rude. And so I said, yes, sure, I'll have some terrible uh, coffee. And so he starts making the coffee, and I'm, and I'm noticing that he's doing things differently than I did. Um, the level of water that he uses, the type of grounds that he uses, and the, the way he presses it down, and when he adds it to the heat, when he takes it off the heat, and I'm noticing there's a lot of differences. And finally, when he makes the coffee, he pours it, and I try it, and it, it actually tasted good. Like, I was shocked. Because, see, the problem wasn't with the coffee maker, like, in fact, this coffee maker is great. The problem was 
I didn't know how it worked. See, when you don't know how it works, you miss out on what it does. You'll just let it collect dust. And you know, scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Prayer is good, which means if you're making prayer coffee and it doesn't taste good, maybe it's because you don't know how it works. And maybe today God is inviting you back to prayer to say, hey, would you try it again? Would you make another cup? Would you see how it works and what I can do in prayer? Because when you don't know how it works, you'll just let it collect dust. When you don't know how it works, you'll miss out on what it does, which is why the question that we're going after today is so important. And this is the question, right? How does prayer work? In other words, I don't want to miss out on what prayer can actually do. So how does prayer work? Well, these verses in James show us that in prayer, God works in you and God works in your circumstances. So let's talk about the first one. God works in you. In other words, prayer is personal. See, it's in prayer that I develop my relationship with my heavenly father. It's a conversation. I'm talking to him and he's talking to me. It's the way that I grow in my relationship. It is so deeply personal. In fact, I love the way that Dallas Willard puts it. He says, prayer is a conversation with God where we talk about what we are doing together. Don't you love that? Isn't that so personal, so intimate? This is my chance to engage with the God who made me, the God who died for me, and the God who loves me. Prayer is deeply personal. And it's all over those verses in Scripture, right? Because right in that paragraph where James is talking about prayer, he talks about praise and worship. He talks about confession. He talks about forgiveness and righteousness. In other words, it's in prayer that God is shaping me to be more and more like Jesus, See, God is working in me. And in prayer, God is working in you. In other words, in prayer, in prayer, God doesn't just change your circumstance. He changes you. See, in prayer, God is interested in changing you. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've prayed and I've said, God, I want you to change the things around me. I want you to change the people around me. I want you to change the way things are at work or the way things are at home. And many times God says, I want to talk about how I'm changing you. See, it's happened for me a few, a few years ago. Um, when the pandemic started, like many of you, I was, I was praying. I was praying that God would heal people that are sick, that God would heal the, the divides in our country, that, that God would help people that were fighting on Facebook to be friends again like they were before the pandemic. I was praying that things would, would return, you know, return to normal. And, and then days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months, turned into years, and I don't even know if we're even back to normal yet. And I was so frustrated because I'm like, God, I'm praying earnestly. Like, God, I'm begging you. And yet people are still sick and, and, and there's still division in our country. It's deeper than ever. And people are still fighting on Facebook. Nothing is getting better. In other words, God, I'm praying, but what are you doing? And listen, I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I understand all that God is, has done for the past two years. But I do know one thing he's done. He's, he's changed me. See, because during the pandemic, I noticed that I was getting more irritable, 
more frustrated. My temper was short. I was yelling at the kids more. I was short with Catherine. You know what's interesting? I had less work to do, and yet I was more stressed. <laughs> I had more opportunity to be with my family, and yet I was spending less and less time with them. And it was in prayer that God began to show me that the pandemic didn't cause these things in me. The pandemic revealed these things in me. And it was in prayer that God began to shape me. I brought my, um, this is my prayer journal from um, 2020. And uh, one of the days I wrote this, I said, God, I'm more irritable. I'm more frustrated. I'm set off more easily. And I have to stop blaming others. The condition of my soul is on display. In quarantine, I'm exposed. Nothing to hide behind. Nothing to hold on to. But you. So God, I hold on to you. You are the vine. I am the branch. Pluck me from the vine and I wither up. And these days I've been withering. But today is another day. It's a new day. It's a day filled with new mercies. Today, God, you are what I need. And when I focus on you, everything else is set in its proper focus. My finances, responsibilities, work, family, exercise. But first, you. See, I was praying for God to change my circumstances. But God was more interested in changing my heart. Because prayer is so personal. It's my relationship with God where he shapes me to be more and more like Jesus. And so maybe a question for you is in prayer, what does God want to shape in you? What is God wanting to change in you? In other words, how is God working in you? Because our question, how does prayer work? Well, God works in you, but it's not just in you. See, God works in your circumstances. In other words, in other words, prayer, prayer is powerful. Oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's unbelievably powerful because when we're having a conversation with God, we're talking to the God of the universe. We're talking to the God. I love what PK says. He says, when we pray, it moves things in heaven to move things on earth. Prayer actually changes our circumstances. That's how powerful it is. But I think sometimes we look at prayer like it's a, like it's a placebo. You know what I mean? Like, do you know what a placebo is? It, it's, it's, it's like a water pill or just a sugar pill. It doesn't do anything, but because you think it's going to do something, then you feel, you feel better. And sometimes that's how we treat prayer. It's like, you know, I, I, I just need to pray, and I don't know if God's going to listen. I don't know if he's going to change anything, but I know I always feel a little bit better after I pray. And I think James is saying, now, come on, you've missed the power of prayer. I mean, when you're praying, yes, it's personal. Yes, it's a conversation with God. But I think sometimes, sometimes God is at the edge of heaven and he's looking at us. He's saying, hey, do you know who you're talking to? You're talking to the God of the universe. Would you ask me for help? Would you ask me for things that you want to see changed? In other words, in prayer, God doesn't just change you. He changes your circumstances. It's both, right? God changes you and he changes your circumstances. It's, it's in you and it's in your circumstances. It's personal 
and it's powerful. That's what prayer is. That's the reason that we pray first. In fact, I love what James does as he kind of wraps up the conversation. He, he, he invites us to remember a story about a guy named Elijah. It's, it's actually the same story that Jason talked about a few weeks ago. This is, this is what James says. James says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Can you imagine drought for three and a half years? But again, he prayed. The heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. This, this is unbelievable. It's in prayer that Elijah controls the weather. Like, like Elijah literally made it rain, but like actual rain, not money. Like it, the, he actually made it rain in prayer. But I love what James says right at the beginning of the verse. He says, Elijah was a human, even as we are. In other words, nothing special about Elijah. Like <laughs> Elijah has the same coffee maker that we have but he knew how it worked. And he discovered that prayer is personal and it's powerful. It's powerful and effective. And it's the reason that we pray first. And so the question for today as we wrap up the conversation is, where have you stopped praying? Maybe you used to pray, but then recently you you stopped. Like maybe, maybe you'll pray to God when things get dire, but you know, as far as your everyday relationship with God, well, you haven't done that in a, in a while. You focus more on God wanting to change your circumstances when God is inviting you into a relationship. It's your heavenly father wanting to talk to you. Maybe, maybe every morning you'd wake up, you used to spend time with God and you develop that relationship, but then, but then the pandemic happened. You know, or then, and then you had kids or, or then you got a new job and, and, and then things changed and, and, and you found that you didn't have time to pray like that anymore. And maybe today God's inviting you back. Like, Hey, Hey, would you, would you pour another cup? Would you try it again? Would you come back to prayer, personal prayer between you and your dad in heaven? See, I, I'm a dad, so I have a unique perspective on this. I'm deeply interested in my relationship with my three boys. I care about them deeply. And yes, there's things I can do for them, but I, man, I'm interested in them. I want them to grow into the people that God has made them to be. I love them. I care for them. So when I talk with them, many times I wanna, I wanna talk about what they're interested in. I wanna talk about, I wanna talk about them. But it's funny because sometimes Judah, my oldest, will wake up in the morning and the first question he asks me when he sees me is, hey, dad, can we go to Target? <laughs> and I'm like, well, good morning to you too, you know, like, how did you sleep? And he's like, no, okay, yeah, 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 can we go to Target? And listen, here's the deal. I can take him to Target. In fact, I can buy more stuff at Target. It would, it would blow his mind, okay? But I'm not his chauffeur. I'm his dad. 
And so although he may be interested in talking about something he wants me to do for him, I'm interested in our relationship together. And your father in heaven, yes, there are things he can do, but he is interested in his relationship with you. He died for you. He loves you. And in prayer, he is inviting you into a personal relationship, a personal conversation just between you and him. And so maybe you need to pick that back up. Or maybe you've given up praying because you forgot that prayer actually is powerful. Like maybe you prayed for something, but God didn't answer it in the way that you wanted him to. And, and so you, you just kind of gave up on the whole prayer thing. Or maybe you've been praying for something for a long time, like you've been praying for months or years or maybe even decades. And you're just, you're just tired. You're just tired of praying because it seems like nothing is changing that they're not getting better, that that relationship isn't restored, that that addiction isn't broken. And so you just kind of thrown up your hands like, I don't even know why I bother. And you stop praying. Maybe today, your dad in heaven is reminding you, I'm the God of the universe. You can ask me again. I'm powerful enough to do those things. Yes, prayer is personal, but it is powerful. And maybe you've given up on prayer, but today God would say, I haven't given up on you. And I'm inviting you to pray again. The number of times as a dad, I've watched my kids struggle and I've sat at the edge. I've said, Hey, do you need my help? Hey, do you want my help? Hey, you know, I can help. And they're just content to do it on their own. I think sometimes we're content to do it on our own, but God is inviting us to ask him to ask him again for help. So where have you stopped praying and where is God inviting you to start again? Maybe it's spending time with him in the morning. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe you've never texted prayer to 37748 because you thought, why even bother? But today, today, maybe you text in or maybe you actually speak up in your home gathering and you say, hey, listen, if prayer is as powerful and as effective as he says it is, I need you to pray for me. Or maybe, maybe it's something as simple as making a commitment to join us for the seven days of prayer that we're going to be having. That's going to be coming up right at the beginning of August. August, August 8th is the first morning where every day for seven days, we're going to gather in the morning and we're going to pray. And what if that was that was the beginning of you trying again, the beginning of you praying again. So where have you stopped praying? And where is it time for you to start praying again? Because prayer is powerful and effective. It is personal, but it's so powerful. And so I want to invite up... Um, David Grant, our 12th Stone Home Pastor, he's going to join us. And, and I've asked him to, um, to seal this time and to pray for you and to pray for these home gatherings. Mm, thank you. Yeah. yeah. What a privilege, Father. We, we thank you that you're a good, good Father. And we thank you that um, when we ask you, you give us good gifts. And Father, I, I, would just, um, I would just pray for my friends. For I know sometimes we, we forget how needy we really are. We forget how much we need a, a touch from your spirit to change us, to do something in us. And Father, we, we forget that sometimes 
um, that you're the one who changes things in our circumstances. And God, I pray as we are called to be a church rooted in prayer uh, at our campuses and our home gatherings, God, I pray that would be so true, that prayer would not be the, the last resort that we do, but it basically be the very first step that we take. So God, make it so. Make it so. I pray for those who are even cynical about prayer. Um, I pray that in this teaching with God's word, God, that you would actually move them a step closer to stepping out in faith and having a lifestyle and a rhythm of prayer, Father. Make us a people that go to you first. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you answer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, dude, I have a couple questions. Yeah, yeah. The first thing is, um, did you ever learn how to make good coffee? <laughs> I did. With this, I did. You did? I did. A lot of YouTube videos. Oh, and, uh, okay. and obviously watching my do it your sefer, huh? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So, yeah, now I actually, this is my actual uh, Bialetti, and I use it. I used it just a few days ago. You did? So, it was delicious. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here's the second question. As you know, our, our home gatherings are in worship services today. Yeah. And, um, man, we talked a lot about individual prayer, which is what we're supposed to talk about, our own personal yeah. time with Jesus. But community is our superpower. Yeah. And we know that prayer is a, a huge part of community. Yeah. So just curious, what advice would you give them about, hey, how do you incorporate prayer into your home gathering and your community to actually deepen the community and, and impact their neighborhood? Yeah. Well, I mean, first, there's no, there's no magic formula. There's no special words you got to say. Um, even if you pray out loud and it's a sentence, that's great. I think that yeah. many times honors God even more. Right. Because right. we're not putting on a show. And so whenever there's like authenticity in your home gathering, uh, I think that's going to help invite people to be raw, to be honest, to be vulnerable when they pray. And again, throughout scripture, what you see is those prayers, yeah. the ones that might yeah. be a little messy, yeah. the ones yeah. that are a little vulnerable, yeah. those are the ones that Jesus loves. It is. And God, so, I believe, help my unbelief. Yes, you oh know, my gosh, All those kind absolutely. of prayers. And the reality is we have diversity in, in spiritual maturity, all kinds of things. Yeah. And so some, sometimes maybe somebody hears a very mature prayer, and they're like, I can't. That's great <laughs> A lot advice. of words, yeah. a lot of flowery yeah. words, yeah. We just want to encourage you in your home gatherings, make sure the prayer is a central part of what you're doing, and you're doing that all already. Just keep going. So we do have a, a conversation, one more conversation yeah. for them. And here's what it is. I, I love the question, what is the area of your life where you need to start praying? Is that, that's yeah. right. Did I say yeah. that correctly? Yeah. And so um, I, I was thinking about that in my own life. Julie and I were going through a patch in our marriage, and we thought, man, what, what if prayer made a difference in our marriage? Hmm. And we just said, and by the way, I, I, this is kind of an admission too, we weren't praying very consistently as a couple at all. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and so we started praying in the morning and at night, not perfectly. Yeah. But I got to tell you, Steve, it made a huge difference in our marriage. And yeah. so here, here's a question for you guys. Is there an area of your life right now where you're thinking, okay, is my marriage, is it my finances, is it my work? Maybe it's not an area that you've basically gone to God and say, hey, God, will you intervene in these circumstances? Um, have that conversation around your home gathering and share that with one another. I think that'll be super encouraging. And at the end, close and, and pray for one another. Okay. So anything else? That's it. That's, That's it. Good. Hey, love you guys. Thanks so much for being with, you, with us. Um, we'll see you next week. 
Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.